This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Helena Hart. Welcome back to my Master Your Magnetism podcast. I'm talking with Clayton Olson again today. He's an NLP master practitioner and transformational relationship coach who's been coaching for over 11 years now and has worked with close to a thousand one-on-one private coaching clients. We have a great topic for everyone today. We're so excited. Welcome, Clayton. Thank you for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me, Helena. It's always such a pleasure and so much fun to talk with you on your podcast. I know we've been doing YouTube videos in the past together, and it's just awesome to do it on your podcast now. Yes, this is just my favorite thing that I do all week, and we're broadcasting live on Bullhorn today, so say hi in the chat if you're listening live with us. I see Mora and Lizette and a couple other people joining. Let us know if you have any questions about this topic or anything else, and we'd be happy to answer them. Today, we're going to be talking about how non-attachment actually creates the results that you want in your life. It's a little counterintuitive, and I haven't talked too much about this on my podcast before, but this is just such an important topic. And Clayton, I know you're the perfect person to bring on and talk about this. So is there anything you want to say before we get started? Yeah, I just want to say that I'm excited about this topic because I think that this is truly something that comes up as a pillar that I dive into with almost every single client whenever they are committed to creating a type of result they want in their life or their love life. So I think that this is really universal and the people listening today are going to find this really helpful regardless of what it is that you're wanting to create, whether it's something in love, something in business, money, freedom, health. I think it's a universal principle. Absolutely. I see this happening all over the place in the women in my community. And of course, I can get attached to outcome myself. I think this is something we can all relate to from time to time. And while we're waiting for a few more people to join, I know you opened up a couple spots for private coaching, which is so exciting. I've never heard of you doing this before. So I'm thrilled to be able to offer this to women in my community. I included a link in the episode details. If anyone's interested in private coaching with Clayton to fill out an application and someone from your team, Clayton, will get in touch with them. Is that right? That's right. Yes. Either I or someone from my team will get in touch as space becomes available. And it's first come first serve. So if you're liking anything you're hearing on this podcast, want to talk with me personally, want to do some of the deeper work, the work on some of the underlying structure of your experience and become more effective and more open and heart open in the world. Let's have a conversation. You're my person. 
Amazing. We'll talk a little more about that at the end of this episode. But if you're listening live, again, that's in the episode details. Now, if you're listening to the replay, that'll be the first link in the show notes. So you can go fill out an application if you're interested in coaching. So let's dive in, Clayton. What is the first thing you want to say about how non-attachment helps you create more of what you want in your life? Yeah. So I think a great place to start is actually just to talk a little bit about how when we become attached to an outcome, it begins to limit our capacity to create. So let's start by talking about the ways that we actually block ourselves from stepping into the flow of creation, from really embodying our creational authority, which I think comes from detaching from the outcome. I notice in my life, for instance, this is something that I dance with on a regular basis. And it is almost feeling like I need something to happen, right? Getting attached to an outcome and then noticing it and then doing the work necessary to release. Because here's what I've experienced in my own life as well as in some of my clients' life is that when we are attached to an outcome, we are typically coming from a place of lack within ourselves. There's a neediness. There is an incompleteness that we start to get in touch with. There's an incompleteness that we are coming from as a way to try to create in the world rather than coming from a place of wholeness and completeness. And how this actually shows up might be through a statement, I need this to happen in order to be happy. I really have to have this fall into place in order for me to be okay. Right? This thing has to happen. Otherwise, I might end up looking like a failure. I might end up being unlovable, unimportant. So if I don't achieve this outcome, then something bad is going to happen. And now just notice if there's something that you want to create in your life and your relationship to the idea of creating that thing actually brings on anxiety, rigidity, a lack of creativity and a lack of resourcefulness. Do you think that you have a better chance of creating it that way? Or do you think you'd have a better chance of being able to create what you want from a place of openness, from a place of already feeling like you've won and from a place of gratitude? So I'll pause there. I'm curious what that brings up. Right. I know I can feel the difference when I feel very attached to the outcome. It's a very restrictive, kind of closed off tunnel vision, not in a good way, kind of feeling versus being more open and expansive. And I would imagine allowing life or the universe or however you want to think about this to deliver to you possibly different paths to it that you might be closed off to if you're so attached to things happening a certain way on a certain timeline, right? Wonderfully said. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that would bring my second point of that. When we get attached to an outcome, we start to stand in this place of just being in tunnel vision because we start to make this almost subtle, implicit belief that we know how it's supposed to happen. We know how the relationship we want is supposed to look or how it's supposed to manifest. And that comes with kind of holding on to the outcome with this kind of pit bull grip, where if if we don't let go of that, we limit ourselves from the magic of life being able to support us. We limit the things that are oftentimes the resources that are in our periphery from being able to come into play and actually support us in creating what we want in maybe a way that actually surprises us. 
Definitely. Elizabeth in the chat says openness and trust. Absolutely. I love it. It can be so difficult. Do you have any tips for people who are in that situation? Maybe it's so much easier sometimes to talk about this in terms of dating and relationships. They feel like time's mm -hmm. running out for them. If they don't meet someone and get married and start a family now, they're not going to be able to do it in a few years. That can be a really tough spot to be in. I know what that feels like myself. Any tips for someone who is in that urgent place where they feel like they need something to happen right now and they're frustrated because it's not happening yet? Yeah, great. So I think we're going to continue to unpack that question more and more as we go through on this podcast. But immediately, the first thing that I would say is that it might be true that there is a timeline, right, of when something needs to happen, right? A biological timeline, uh, maybe a, a timeline that you've set for yourself. I think the first thing to realize is that you approaching the creation of that thing with a sense of urgency does not actually help that thing manifest faster. Mm -hmm. So even though something might feel like there is a timeline on it, there is a specific date by when something needs to happen, you allowing that to generate fear within you is not going to actually help it occur faster. And you know that might seem obvious as we're talking, but I think it's really important to underscore because oftentimes we think that our anxiety and being worried about something somehow supports us in getting it done. Like that if we have anxiety, it means that we really care about it, right? If we are urgent, it means that we're really being serious about it and making it important. Is it possible to approach the creation process of creating a relationship that you want, creating, say, the type of work that you want? from a, a place of open heartedness, from a place of play, where we're all of our critical and creative faculties are online. So that would be the first piece is just beginning to see the ways in which that this fuel source that you're plugging into is actually working against you. The second thing that I would put out there, and then I'll, I'll stop and I'll love to hear your thoughts on this. The second thing is I really invite people to get curious about the problems and the challenges that are inevitably going to come as a result of them getting that thing. Because when we're not in touch with that, we can sometimes believe that getting the thing that we want is going to save us from something, that it's going to save us some, from some type of problem. It's going to rescue us from this place that we're in. But when we can start to see that whatever it is that we want, coming into our life is actually not going to be like the grass is greener, but rather it's going to come with its own challenges and ways in which it's going to test us and demand that we step up in certain ways that we might not be ready. I think that be in a better relationship with reality. I think that we can be in a more sober perspective as we move on the path towards creating what we want. So curious just how those two things land, if there's anything you want me to expand on there or if you want to expand on any of it. Oh, definitely. So what I hear you saying is a lot of times we feel like we might have to give something up, but we don't even realize it. We might not be conscious of it. And so that kind of keeps us on this hamster wheel of saying we want something consciously, but maybe sabotaging it or not taking the steps or putting ourselves out there in order to get it because deep down we're afraid we might lose something or we're afraid we might run into some unhealed part of ourself that we have to face that we don't really want to face. Do I have that right? Got it. Yeah. And it can come in all shapes and sizes too, where it can be something where we think, I want a relationship, but say I'm working with somebody who owns their own business. 
for instance, and they really want a relationship with somebody, but they've got this unconscious belief there that they've learned from a very young age that in order to get the relationship, they actually have to give up a part of themselves, that they actually are going to end up losing their independence. They're going to lose their freedom. They're not going to be as effective in being able to create in other aspects of the world. And so there's a way in which they're limiting themselves from actually being all in and committed to creating that thing. And I think as we can start to illuminate the map of what someone is working with so we can see the potential problems that we are going to have to work through and say yes to, because those will come with the thing that we want. I think it actually allows us to move forward towards that thing without putting a halo around it. Right. And when we stop putting a halo around the thing that we want, thinking that it's the perfect thing and it's going to save us, but realizing it's like, oh, I'm signing up for more problems here and I'm saying yes to those. I think we can actually maintain a certain level of balance as we move towards that thing rather than leaning too much and getting anxious about it or getting needy and grasping because we're in touch with the 360 degree view of how this may impact our life, both good, bad and ugly. Yeah, it's almost like taking it off that pedestal. I know we can tend to think when I finally meet that person, then my life will be complete. If I finally make this amount of money every month or every year, then I'll feel safe and secure forever and ever. And you might get those things and the satisfaction you feel is just like a split second. And then it's like, okay, what do I want now? The security that you think you're going to feel is sort of an illusion if it's not coming from inside yourself. So it's like taking that thing off of the pedestal. You might have it on, like bringing it down to earth, sort of. I'm just checking in with the chat. Maura says, when I'm anxious about something, I don't get the results I want. I get the opposite. Absolutely. Do you want to talk a little bit more about how to do that? How to bring it down to earth a little bit so we're not seeing this thing we want as just this ultimate deal that's going to save us or make us feel loved finally or safe or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. So just to recap, you beautifully said, Helena, around taking it off its pedestal, seeing the reality of it, saying yes to the problems, making conscious the unconscious problems that part of us understands we might face, but really seeing them so that we can move forward from a more sober perspective rather than being attached to the outcome. But here's another thing too. Here's another practice that one can do daily. Oftentimes when we're really attached to an outcome, we are focusing on the gap. We're focusing on the gap of where we are and the thing that we don't have in our life and the distance between where we are and what we want. There's a guy named Dan Sullivan. He runs a program called Strategic Coach. He wrote a book called The Gap in the Game. And basically, if you're like a high achiever and you are consistently trying to create things in your life and move forward and you really value growth and self-development, we may have a habit of being in touch with the gap, right? Mm. That's what's missing. And that can create a way of being, again, that reinforces anxiety, that might have you feel inadequate, that might have you feel incomplete, and buying into this idea that when you get to some type of arbitrary destination, that then you'll feel better permanently, which is never the case, right? It's always fleeting. And so one of the practices that he talks about in his book, The Gap and the Gain, which I think is beautiful because it's almost like an advanced version of gratitude journaling. It's begin to look for the gain in your life. So rather than looking forward, start to look backwards at all of the little progress that you have already made at this point. So let's just pretend that you are wanting to create a relationship, a healthy relationship that is different than the ones you've had with somebody who's devoted and committed. How can you start to track the progress 
of the person that maybe you are becoming that is finally getting ready for that to come into your life? Where are you seeing improvements? Where are you seeing distance already traveled in your own life, maybe in terms of how you're showing up, how you're communicating, how you're dating, the things that people are saying and reflecting back to you? Document this stuff. Get really conscious of it. Begin to cultivate an awareness and a focus on all of the things that are actually growing and already moving in your life. Take your attention off of the gap. And that is another way to begin to then resource yourself, feel good about where you are, who you are, what you're creating. And it stops this mentality of feeling like we're inadequate then when we start to go on this journey of trying to create what we want because we're resourcing ourselves from the inside out. I love it. I talk a lot on my podcast about people getting stuck in the self-help trap or what I call the healing trap, where they just think there's this endless amount of work to do on themselves and they are not fully healed and they think they need to be fully healed in order to put themselves out there or start a business or do something like that. And it just keeps them stuck exactly where they are for years, literally decades. And they just stay right where they are because they don't feel worthy of having what they want exactly as they are. And I can see where that relates to what you're saying here, being focused on what's missing, where maybe you're not good enough or what you don't have yet versus trusting that things are always working out for you. Of course, you're going to get what you want and it's all unfolding perfectly. And you might not know exactly how you're going to get there yet, but the things you have now, you can look back and say, oh, now I see how this one thing led to another. And this person introduced me to this person and they had this opportunity. And you can look back now and see how everything all unfolded. But when you're on that journey or still in that process, it's hard to see how everything's going to unfold. And mm. so I really like that looking at what you have accomplished, even just emotionally, where you do feel better, where you do feel more secure, rather than always focusing on what isn't happening, what hasn't happened yet, because that's going to just keep you attracting or experiencing more and more of that. That's what I've seen. I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. Yeah. So what it's bringing up for me as I'm listening to you speak too, is this idea of how, you know, when we're in touch with the gap and we're attached to the outcome, it is a recipe for distorting ourselves, right? So if we're in this place of thinking like, you know, I'm not ready to start the business, I'm not ready or healed enough for the relationship. When that happens or the opportunity presents itself, we are then carrying around this feeling of unworthiness that we're either trying to hide from the other person, right? We might feel like an imposter then if we're stepping into say a responsibility that requires us to step up or in some ways we're twisting ourselves out of our authenticity because we're thinking that in order to get the thing that we want, we need to change who we are on some level, right? We need to like show up and perform in some ways in order to mm. be congruent with the thing that we want. And so I think the invitation here, just another layer of looking at it is that the non-attachment to an outcome actually is a return to your authenticity. It's a return to your center. It's a return to the essence of who you are so that you're not distorting yourself and twisting yourself out of shape to try to get the thing that you want. So it's not a, I will do whatever it takes to get this thing, right? I will twist and distort myself to do whatever it takes to get this thing. It's no, I am who I am. I'm connected with my authenticity. I'm connected with my worth, my value. I do want this thing. And if it happens, beautiful. It will be an expression of who I am. And if it doesn't happen, beautiful. What else is there for me that may be what I actually need right now versus what I want? 
So true. I just think that's so important for everyone to understand. It can be so difficult when you're at that place of urgency or anxiety, right? Kana in the chat says, I definitely struggle with the healing trap. It's very hard to get out of. And then she said, yes, focusing on what is going well feels so much better. Definitely. I see another question from Emily who says, I'm in a great relationship that's headed towards marriage, been dating for a year, and I don't have any timelines. I don't feel any urgency, but how do you stay unattached when you love someone? Does that mean you shouldn't care about whether or not you stay together or break up? Great question. How does this relate to people in relationships? Do you have any thoughts on that, Clayton? Yeah, beautiful. So there's like a marriage happening in that question here. There's a literal marriage, but then there's almost like this kind of metaphorical marriage happening with that question. And this is something that's very common. We all do this, that we equate care with attachment. In order to care, it means I'm attached, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I was to be unattached from us possibly breaking up, it means I don't care. So those two things are separate. They can go together and they often get married. And, and this is one of the objections people have to actually letting go of the outcome is to say, well, now what I have to shut down my heart, I have to disconnect from this thing. Well, that doesn't feel authentic to not have my heart in it. But let's just say this, you can play all out in the game of love and be detached from the outcome. And what that means is, is like, maybe it's a stance of, I love this man so much that of course it would destroy me if we broke up. And I would still love and cherish the time that we spent together. And I would want this man to be happy. And if it's not with me, I hope it's with somebody else. That's how much I love him. So like maybe stand in that perspective and just notice the feeling of that because there's a frequency there where I'm not trying to control the situation, yet I'm still bringing all of my heart to the table to love, but I'm allowing the chips of life to fall where they may rather than trying to control the outcome. That is so powerful. That should hopefully be helpful for anyone who is in a situation with a specific person because this gets even more complicated. I know you're also working with women now who are in a connection or a relationship and having some sort of struggle like that. So yes. again, if you're yeah. interested in private coaching with Clayton, the link to apply is in the show notes right now. That was a fantastic answer. Hopefully that was helpful. Emily, let us know if that was. Oh, she says that's very helpful clarification. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. What else do you have to say yeah. on this topic, Clayton? This is just so great. I'm loving this conversation. You know, I think that the piece that is important to realize too, and we kind of talked about this, but when you're wanting to create something, going on this journey of creating something is going to possibly crash you into unhealed versions of yourself. And so what I mean by that is if you have this experience of feeling inadequate, if you have this experience of being a high achiever and having a really hard time being with failure or being with maybe what it feels like to feel incompetent or out of control, you know, the beauty of this experience is that when we try to create what we want and say it doesn't happen, it's an opportunity for us to actually step in and be with those feelings rather than try to escape them. And so the invitation here is to welcome those aspects of yourself that get evoked by not getting what you want. So rather than trying to be so attached to the outcome and do whatever it takes to get it, when you notice yourself being confronted by feelings like, I'm feeling helpless right now, I'm feeling incompetent, I'm feeling like a failure, I'm feeling unlovable, say yes to that. 
turn towards that. Make a practice of being with those sensations and those emotions in your body because the act of going after something you desire becomes then a crucible for your healing. It becomes a place for you to sit with these aspects of yourself that maybe you get to hide from through the achievement and the getting what you want. And when you don't get it, now you have to sit there and you have to welcome these parts of you into the room and develop a relationship with them. And here's the thing, the more that you can be with helplessness, the more that you can be with your own incompetence, the more that you can be with the vulnerability and maybe your own accusations that come from not getting what you want, what happens on the other side of that is freedom. The more of a capacity you have to be with the unhealed aspects of yourself in a loving way, the more power than you have to play full out with your full artistic arsenal at hand. Curious how that lands and if that's making sense. Definitely. I'd love to hear from everyone who's listening live. That definitely makes sense to me. And I just keep coming back to how this makes you super magnetic, not just to the person you want to be with or your soulmate or whatever you want to think of here, the business you want, the career, the dream home, the dream life. It just makes you so magnetic to that thing that feels so elusive. It just is this expansive thing where you're drawing it in towards you, not leaning forward and going out and trying to prove yourself or achieve all those things in order to feel worthy enough to get it. I can definitely feel the difference there. And that's what this podcast is all about. Elizabeth in the chat says, I loved that not feeling chosen, be with my emotions. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it's not about having this endless amount of work that you have to do. And it's just this constant thing. And you have to heal all these parts in order to put yourself out there or in order to get what you want. It's don't ignore those parts of yourself, right? Actually love and embrace all those unhealed parts of yourself, however you want to think about this and yes. listen to them, see what they have to say, see if they have any gifts for you rather than just stuffing them down and going forward and trying to achieve or trying to get this person to love you because then you'll finally feel complete. That's the feeling I'm getting there. Do you agree yeah, with that? I do. I do. Yeah. And so just to underline that, it's like, you know, the more that you can see that the not getting what you want is actually in service of your healing, that will decouple this attachment from the outcome because it's like, okay, I can either get what I want and if that doesn't happen, I can have a major opportunity to really be with myself and integrate these shadow aspects of me that maybe I haven't had a chance to love. And so now it's a win-win either way, right? I'm sitting here. It's like, okay, it doesn't work out. Great. I get to develop a more loving relationship with me now. Beautiful. Okay. Now I'll go ahead and I'll ask the universe for something else. Okay. I want this. Oh, it doesn't happen. Okay, great. All right. Wow. There's another part of me that's coming out here. Another feeling for me to be with. Beautiful. I'll be with that. And so this, I think, is how we learn to dance with desire and not getting what we want in a way where we're loving the outcome regardless of what it is. So true. That is just so beautiful and important. I see one last question in the chat from Rachel. She says, love you guys. You have both helped me so much. Question, when you are detached from the outcome in a relationship, how do you know when to move on and let go where the relationship is not progressing to the next stage, such as marriage? Oh, I bet you have so many great things to say on this, Clayton. I know whatever you have here will be super helpful. We've talked about this before, right? Yeah, yeah. So Rachel, my thought and inquiry in this is just to notice if there's a place where you haven't 
taken your shot yet? And when I say your shot, what I mean is, is there a place within your relationship where you have not brought your loving heart and your loving desire to the relationship of what it is that you want in a really clear, undistorted, regulated way? to your partner of what you want. Because oftentimes when we really can do that, there is a way that we can detach and we can say, okay, now I'm just gonna allow, again, the chips to fall where they will. Let's see how this man shows up. And it might be that you have a timeline, a very clear timeline in your head of like when you would love to see this occur and staying really close to yourself and noticing that you know, you're not going to allow yourself to disintegrate into a place where you say turn against you or turn against them in the relationship because that's not an energy that you want to embody. And so in many ways, letting go then becomes an act of love to yourself and them simultaneously because you're not going to allow yourself to deteriorate into resentment or bitterness or anger because they're not doing what you want them to do. Helena, how does that land? And do you have anything to add or expand on that? I think that's so great. It would be helpful to know a little more about the situation, but I think that's a great thing you can ask yourself. Where have you not brought all of yourself? I love that. Some more questions you can ask yourself. It really depends on the specifics of the situation, but do you like who you are with this person? Do you like who you've become in this relationship? And are they showing you that they're motivated to be a good partner to you? They're motivated to get into a relationship with you or take things to the next level? Do you feel that you're on the same page? Or do you constantly feel stressed out? Do you feel like you have to pull this person along and push them down the timeline to try to get them to where you are? You can really feel in your body whether this is the right person or not when you're in touch with your intuition. She says, that's great. Thank you. So I'm glad that was helpful. You're very, very welcome. We could do a whole episode just on that. I know we actually talked about that as a possible topic. Maybe we could talk about that more next time. Yeah. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. And we are to the end of the 30 minutes here. This just flew by. Is there anything else you want to say on this topic or any last words of wisdom before we close out? You know, I think just one more thing, just because this could also open up to another episode at some point with you, Helena. But just to Rachel's question, one last thing is, you know, we can get so preoccupied again with the gap of what we don't have yet with somebody in the relationship. And we can start to approach marriage from a place of, well, this needs to happen. And then what ends up happening is this needs to happen. This needs to happen. I want to see progress here. And we kind of forget why, mm-hmm. right? Or our why ends up being something that's rooted in what we don't want. Why? Because, oh, you know, I don't want to be a 40-year-old bride or because I don't want to be a 30-year-old bride or because I don't want to feel like I never got chosen. And so we're almost in touch with what we don't want around something like marriage, which is really an ultimate act of creation, And so I would invite anybody that's in that stage to really look at what is it that you want to create through marriage? What is the highest expression of your heart? And what do you see as possible with this other person that happens through such a secure commitment? What is your vision? When you get really in touch with that, it will allow you to be a stand or let's just say to really value and communicate value around marriage from a place of possibility rather than from a place of trying to control the other person or rush them. So that'd be the last words I'd say on that. 
Mm, I think that's great. So rather than, well, it's been four years, it's time. Is this going to happen or not? Versus <laughs> is this the person that you really want to spend the next 40, 50 plus years with? I would love to maybe talk with you a little more. Maybe in the next episode we do, yeah. we can take some callers. This is a question I get all the time. She says, awesome. So I'm glad that was helpful. This was such a fantastic episode. I would love to do more of these with you. And I love this topic. I think it's so important. This is a conversation we could probably just continue. <laughs> it has to do with yeah. really everything I talk about here on this podcast. Releasing your attachment to the outcome makes you actually super magnetic to not just the person you want, but everything you want in life. I think this was phenomenal. So thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to say about your coaching application. Again, that link is in the show notes right now. If you're listening to the replay of this, if you're listening live, you can just go over to the episode details. That'll be the first link in there. And I know spots are very limited, but anything you want to say about the kind of person you work with, what kind of things you help people with? Yeah, sure. Thanks for that, Helena. Yeah. You know, I work with people that are intelligent, aware, who are, you know, sometimes they're ambitious, often ambitious. And I love working with people that really get it, that understand that they are the common denominator of their relational experiences, because there's so much power that comes with that realization. Because when we really get into the core identity and some of the beliefs that you have about yourself, about life and about relationship, and we start to adjust those, your life can just change in miraculous ways. And so I love people that are ready to deep dive. You know, there's one part that I do, which is actually working with people on immediate action and strategy if they're in a situation that seems high flame in relationship. But I really love going deep and looking at the underlying structure of what is creating that experience in their life and how they are creating themselves. And so if that sounds fascinating to you and you want to have another conversation about it, fill out the application. I'd love to talk with you and we can see if it's a fit. Amazing. So I know you work with people who are single and know that there's some deeper work they need to do on themselves in order to attract the right relationship or the right person for them or people who are in a connection or a relationship and are struggling in some area of that. So definitely jump on that. I know spots are very limited. I just posted an episode, Clayton, with another expert and their schedule filled up within a day or two and they had to close it. So I'm so glad to be offering your coaching as well to people in my community. There's only like I always say a very small handful of people that I recommend high quality top coaches and Clayton is definitely one of them. So jump on that opportunity if you're interested while spots are still available. And I'm also going to include a link to download the Bullhorn podcast app. If you're listening to the replay of this, I broadcast my podcast live every other Friday. You can type your questions into the chat like the ladies did today. You can even call in and talk to us personally. It's totally free and so much fun. I always love connecting with my community over here. So any last Last words of wisdom, Clayton, before we close out today? I just want to say thank you, Helena. Thank you for just traversing this topic with me and putting your own articulation around something that I think is super important. It's just really great to have two minds come together and talk this through. I feel like I learn a lot around these concepts, just talking with you and having you reflect back what you're hearing and your own take on it. So yeah, I want to appreciate you and thanks for having me on the podcast. 
Oh, you're very welcome. Anytime. This was fantastic. I would love to do more episodes either on this topic or some of the other things that were brought up in the live chat here today about people who are in relationships or when to know when it's time to move on. There's just so many things we could talk about. So yes, I'd love to bring you back on my podcast. Thanks for listening live, everyone. Maura says, thanks. This information was so helpful. You're very welcome. We love connecting with you. Have a great weekend and I will talk to everyone in two weeks. The biggest mistake women make when a man is hot and cold, acting distant, or pulling away is something called a connection barrier, and it only pushes him further away. If you'd like to read about what a connection barrier is so you don't accidentally make it, go to forever1234.com. Again, that's forever1234.com.